When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. A lot of it's going to be on you, on the honor system. You know, don't don't be the one person, you know, that's going to mess it up for everybody else. Um, you, when you want to go to go do something or, or something like that, you need to remember it's about your team, not just yourself. All right, that was Taylor Rogers. As we start the Mackey and Judd show here, Twins player rep Taylor Rogers talking about accountability for not catching COVID. And uh, we're going to get into some of that. Today is a cliche Mount Rushmore Thursday. We'll talk to Dan Hayes, Twins beat writer for The Athletic. And uh, we're, we're also in full preparation for Action Movie Rewind on Friday. So it's a big rest of the week here. Let's thank Federated Insurance uh, for a couple things, for helping business owners throughout the Twin Cities during the most crazy 90-day period in recent history. And also th- a personal thank you to Federated Insurance for, uh, for shining a light for me and others on Big Brothers and Big Sisters. And, and Big Brothers and Big Sisters have been around for a long time in America and the state of Minnesota, the oldest and largest youth mentoring organization in the country. But I think the work that Federated has done to uh, to raise tens of millions of dollars with all of their partners really shines a light on the work that Big Brothers and Big Sisters does. They create one-to-one mentoring relationships to ignite the power and promise of youth here in the state of Minnesota and around the country, helping young people reach their full potential. By investing in those kids, we strengthen our communities, we strengthen our future. Uh, so thank you to Big Brothers and Big Sisters. If you want to find out more about how to raise money or, or just find out more about the cause, federatedchallenge.org. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. What will baseball do outside a bubble to give itself an opportunity to have enough people to be on the field to play games, Jeff? That's a question that players, Scott, are still asking. I had a player text me a couple of minutes ago saying, what happens if I test positive on the road? Do I just get to, like, hang out at the Four Seasons in this road city for a week and hang out and order room service? And, yeah, I think that's pretty much the answer. There, there are worse places to be quarantined than a, than a five-star hotel of Four Seasons in in, you know, like Los Angeles or something. You know what? The state of baseball was just encapsulated by the fact that a major league player sent a text to Jeff Passan, an ESPN reporter, asking a very relevant question about what happens if he gets sick. Like, that's baseball right now. Right. Now, he's not sending it to Rob Manfred. He's not sending it to his president or general manager. He's like, all right, uh, reporter guy for ESPN. The disconnect is so bad that his text went to Passan, uh, they went to um, Peter Gammons. They went to you know Kenny Rosenthal. 
Uh, that that right there is what's going wrong in baseball. <laughs> Outside of the COVID problem, you are asking reporters, what's going to happen if this happens? <laughs> uh, Dex, I'm putting you on the spot because you may have deleted the window, but can you find that the soundbite we played off the very top of the show uh, from Taylor Rogers, Twins player rep? Because it, it's, it's like 15 seconds long, and uh, it's a good segue into our cliche Mount Rushmore Thursday on the show. I'll give Declan a second to find you on the honor system. You know, don't don't be the one person, you know, that's going to mess it up for everybody else. Um, you, when you want to go to go do something or, or something like that, you need to remember it's about your team, not just yourself. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. The Mount Rushmore of Twins players who are going to screw it up. The players that Taylor Rogers is speaking to in that soundbite to reporters yesterday. What's your What's your Mount Rushmore of Twins players that are most likely? I got a question to screw this thing up. Is Miguel Sano here or not? Because he's one, two, uh, three. No, I think we have to assume he's here. He, oh, okay, he's he is one, two, three, and four. He's all four. He is going to be all, all four. Well, he, here's my question: Do you think that there are going to be players, and this could be a baseball thing, football thing, for sports that aren't going to attempt to play in a bubble? Do you think that there are going to be players who say, you know what, just peace out for for this year? I'll take no pay. Just peace out. I can't do this. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. there's going to be those guys. Because I mean, there's, there there's has are, to be, right? Well, there's already been players in the NBA. I mean, Avery Bradley but, is, is a high-profile right. player that says, hey, I have a, my, wow. my son has a lung issue. They're in a bubble, though. But my point is just players who say, say you know what, my family's fine. I got no family problems. I got no problems. I just don't want to deal with, with the fact that... That is Taylor alluded to. We are going to have probably a surprisingly high list of numbskulls who are like, "Ah, I'm young, I'm fine." You're saying and guys that, are like, "I'm just not going to do you, it." Are you asking if there's players that are fine that will just not opt into the season? Yes, but they'll lose. Wouldn't they lose their yes. money? Yes, but I'm no, saying there's no way that if would you happen. have players who are rich enough, are no. are there going to be players in baseball or or football who say, "I'm just not going to do it"? No, I don't think. I think if 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 five million dollars, like if you're Eddie Rosario, I'm not saying a lot. Eddie Rosario is on my Mount Rushmore because I think Eddie likes to go out after the games and and uh, have a good time. Yep. So he'd be on my Mount Rushmore too. But like if you're saying, "All right, Eddie, like yeah, he's not going to be that. in a bubble and you're going to lose the seven million dollars or whatever you're owed into that." Well, prorated, but still millions of dollars. There's, there's no way. Well, so Sano is one of them. Sano's one of mine. Uh, Rosario, I, I, Rosario just likes to have a good time. So Rosario's on mine. So I, I thought the the Mount Rushmore was players twins can least afford to lose to COVID, not the players that I thought they most likely go out and would get COVID. Maybe you should, maybe you should go off script here with this. Okay, love it. <laughs> okay, we'll get, to, we'll get to other Mount Rushmore. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Rosario, Sano. Declan's just reading what's on the prompter right yeah, now. Yeah. That's the problem. I think Burgundy. Okay, you know who's a sneaky one. And I can't tell, and this could swing both ways. This guy could be extremely cautious and very, very smart, or but he's a quiet guy, so it's hard to hard to tell here. Max Kepler. Ah, oh, he's on mine. Max, because Max <laughs> is a good-looking sure. young guy. 100%. Yeah, yeah, good-looking young guy, and single, he had, right? He has already admitted publicly, I don't pay any attention to politics, and, for, and to me, that means I don't pay any attention to like literally yeah. anything outside of baseball. Okay, or fun. Okay, so we so, got Kepler. So, like Max Kepler, to me, well, albeit a wonderful, great baseball player, this is not that wasn't your question from Mount Rushmore. Probably doesn't read the news. And so might not understand the magnitude of what might be happening. Like if there's a big headline about COVID in the morning, I don't think Max Kepler has like an alert on his phone from like a newspaper outlet or something. He's just, you know, he's a young guy who's going to say to himself, well, I mean, we are in Cleveland. 
<laughs> you know, I do love the bars in Cleveland. Do love me some Hard Rock Cafe I love the hit in Cleveland. In Cleveland. <laughs> it's great, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, so that's three. I would say the guy who's least likely to to uh, screw it up for the Twins is probably the guy who just sits inside and plays video games and, and streams himself on Twitch. Like, tr- Trevor May has been has been self isolating for ten years, yep. so I think Trevor May is fine. I don't think he's going to screw it up for us. Okay, so we've got uh, what three. About, like some of the older players, like Nelson Cruz seems pretty trustworthy, right? Oh he's God, go back Nelson, to his hotel. Nelson Cruz ain't going out. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Josh Donaldson, I think he's going out. I think Josh is going out. Yes, 100%. he's in his mid thirties now, now. You know what? No, no, no. Mm. Josh will wait for guys to go out and then upon their return to the hotel, beat them up. I don't think he's a Josh is wound. Guy. Oh no, Josh is wound tight. Oh, if Josh gets pissed, I bet jo- I bet you Josh would have no problem, no problem laying you out. Hold on a second here. Okay, Joe Mauer, if he was still on the team, screwed yeah, up totally. for everybody. The bullpen: yeah. Rogers, May, Duffy, Clippard, mm. Latell, Stacia. Clippard looks a little. Suspicious. Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. You know, Romo might be. He might. He likes to. He, he's an, he's an extroverted guy. Needs. I, he probably yes. can't self-isolate for too long. He's got to be around people. I'm not saying he's going to go out and get drunk and stuff, but I, th- right. but I think he's the type of guy Love that it. needs needs a little bit of external that communication. Right. And Sergio Romo. He's an extrovert. He is, most definitely. And he's going to get bored, right? So we're going Sano, Rosario, Kepler, and Sergio Romo. Yes. Yeah. I think that. And by the way. You know, actually, you know what? Homer Bailey. Why is that? <laughs> you got some intel on Homer Bailey? He's going to give up hate, six. He's gonna you give up, hate Homer Bailey. Why, why do you hate him so much? He's going to give up like six bombs in his third start. <laughs> and he's going to go. He's going to need a little Of all the horse pitching that you have seen from this team, and my God, you've seen a lot. You are so down on poor Homer Bailey. Well, have you looked at his earned run yeah. average the last six years? Yes, it's not good. You want some Homer Bailey fun facts? You know no. where... You know no, what? No, 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 no. Homer Bailey would fit in perfect, perfectly on the 2000 Circa 13 Twins. Yes, I, I do trust this front office to have identified something in Homer Bailey's pitch repertoire. I think he was with Oakland for a minute last year, he was. and he Oakland better. seemed to fix something, and so Oakland's a smart organization, so I do trust that. So I, he's he's honorable mention on this list. Okay. All right, let's keep moving. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore Sports Talker of the Week with Maggie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. Okay, Dex, we're back on script here. This yeah, is the Mount you. Rushmore of, <laughs> of Twins players that they can least afford to lose for a two-week stretch or more due to COVID. Declan, big trouble right there, man. I mean, we'll just go a little bit off script to start the show. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> All hell breaks it's loose. be on that prompter. All hell just breaks loose. <laughs> I will read it if it's not on that prompter. I will read it. Because I did think the go same thing. Go to hell, Minnesota <laughs> sports fans. I, I'm Declan Goff. Because <laughs> I did think the same thing for a second, and then I'm like, whatever. It's a Mount Rushmore, baby. All right. I'll keep it all on script going yeah. forward here. Trust me. Okay, hold on a second. It's not like I've derailed past Mackie and Judd segments before <laughs> without knowing what's going on, so it's fine. I got to get my notes up. Okay, go ahead, Phil. What's the next one? Well, no, we haven't done this we one yet. We haven't done this one. I'm reading my script. <laughs> all right, in between the two Mount Rushmores we're going to get to, there is right. an actual exercise of the Mount Rushmore list here. So players the Twins can least afford to lose to a COVID quarantine in the middle of a shortened season this year. And I will agree with you that Byron Buxton is one of them. Yes, I've got uh, Barrios, who is going to be or should be, hopefully for the Twins' sake, their ace throughout the course of a 60-game season. Unless August Barrios pops up, in which case they may actually benefit from Jose Barrios being quarantined. for. You keep saying that. I do believe that that August Jose Barrios is a worn-down pitcher, which I don't think is going to be a problem this time. Although, Although I do fear... 
I do fear that across baseball in a 60-game season, we're going to have a lot of arm problems because guys aren't going to be stretched out and they're going to try and pitch in some cases. Twins are probably be cautious here, but in some cases too much. I've got Barrios, I've got Buxton, I've got, uh, let me put the glasses on, I've got Josh Donaldson. Yeah, Donaldson. And my and the last one that I, I used is, in my mind, your best bullpen guy, Taylor Rogers. Yep. Is Taylor Rogers their best bullpen guy? Now? 100%. Not even close. Might be Tyler Duffy now. Oh, I think it's Tyler. Tyler Duffy I, was yeah. pretty for ridiculous. A, for a, so six weeks, congrats, Tyler Duffy against AL Central. Whoa! Wow. No, 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 no. I need to see that over the course. I mean, of the season, at one man. point. Two oh no, years I was ago, saying Phil's hot take, not you, Declan. At one point I'm two years you. ago, it was a it was a six week stretch for Roger. I actually think both those guys are like new pitchers going forward. Um, so Rogers, yeah, if you lose Rogers, the Twins bullpen, assuming all these guys do opt into the season, the Twins bullpen is sneaky. One of the best in the American thinking, League. I got you thinking right now. About what? They might not opt in. They might oh. be like, I'm just going to go home. Actually, Trevor May had kind of a cryptic tweet yesterday. Did you guys see it? No. Let me pull this up. Yeah, Trevor May was... Uh, it wasn't video game related? Or was it? I don't know. <laughs> it, could, it could be both. It was... Well, actually, it. it kind of was. So he said... Uh, I'm gonna, I just don't, don't want to screw this up. But it was kind of like, I need to collect my thoughts or something. Here it was. So he, he was going to do... He goes, uh, stream starts shortly. This is like yesterday afternoon. Uh, stream starts shortly. He does these daily streams, and he's so he's like a paid Twitch influencer. Yep, he's, he makes he makes a bunch of money. Like he'll get on a Twitch stream, either playing video games or just answering questions or hanging out. He signed through Luminosity, which is part of esports too. So he he literally is also paid to play video games. So he's got this second career basically, yeah. and he'll get on these streams and he'll be like drinking his energy drink that he's promoting and stuff. It's he's, it's brilliant. And so he said, stream starts shortly. I've been hand I've been handling uh, quite a bit today, but it will be nice to get some. Trevor May juice spammed in the chat or something. I don't, it must just be some inside lingo. No idea. What but then he retweeted himself a short while later and said, actually, I'm going to take the evening to reflect on some stuff that's been weighing on me and not air it out live. Hmm. The uh, May contain podcast episode for tomorrow has also been postponed. So I'll be streaming normally then and using today as my day off. I love you guys. Whoa. <laughs> the love you guys is. What threw me off there the most? So I read that like that could be one of two things to me. Okay. It could be or it could be one of ten things, but it could be something video game slash stream slash podcast related yep. that's been weighing on him, or like video game industry or like something in that realm that I have no idea about. Yep. But I interpret it through my worldview as he's not going to play the baseball season, and he's been well, thinking about it. So that could be it. Let's think about this purely. For a second here. Reckless speculation. Because we all want sports back, and, and I know that there is a big portion of this country that's actively like, yeah, COVID's spiking, but man, I think deaths are down, and so, and in my state, it's not bad, so what the hell? Yeah. You know, you're, <laughs> Hawaii, you're, in Hawaii, there's yeah, nothing going on. You are asking, you are asking in all sports, but especially in baseball and football right now, you're asking a lot of people, some of whom probably are very concerned and and read the news and actually follow real news um, to just go back to work. And you're going to start traveling and you're going to be at training camps with all your buddies. They're not buddies. They're they're uh, they're colleagues, they're coworkers. Right. Um, in a locker room in which you're all going to share all of this and that. And we're going to have all these rules made up. But we hope they work because if they don't, you know, I can't blame if there is a portion of baseball and football players who are smart, smart enough to be like, hold on a second. So you're telling me, let me get this straight. Florida is through the roof. Texas, through the roof. Arizona, 
real problems. Los Angeles, which tried to be careful, big problems. If there are gr- if there are groups of players who are like, hold on a second, as a person, this bothers me. Yeah, I mean, I can't. We we all see see this as let's get the robots back out there and let's go watch Correct. sports, and and I do too sometimes. But we are dealing with people who, if if you or I or Dex was told, hey, go back to work and travel and do this and that, we'd all be like, this is this Phil is. If you scheduled in the next week a bunch a bunch of podcasts at bars, and hey, there's not going to be lots of people there, and there's going to be rules, so why are you worried, Judd? I'd still be like, are you sure we should be going back to bars to do uh, podcasts and broadcasts right now? Well, I, th- I just think we're finding out in the last 90 days, as divided as our country is and as political as our country is, it's the most divided and political that this country's been in my life, and I was born in the 80s. I think there's a case to be made if you were born earlier and you went through the civil rights movement that there's some parallels, but we are above all else, the most selfish country in the world, the most selfish country in the world. Yes. We, and I mean like as individuals, because I think another, in other areas, like from a military perspective, we actually aren't selfish. We like, we go to play police officer for other countries problems. I mean, like as individual people in this country, as Phil Judd Declan, you know, listener guy, whatever, mm-hmm. we only give a rip about ourselves. And that's why we're in the position that we are compared to other countries. Other countries are bringing sports back and other countries are bringing fans back into stadiums Yes, because they all looked out for each other. Yeah. And like, this is like going back to the mask wearing thing. I know that wearing a mask has become politicized, but if we were to just simplify it as the sports fans that we are and the people that are listening to our show right now, we are all sports fans. And whether you are a Republican, a Democrat, Let's just say three months ago, we all agreed, you know, we don't really know enough about the extent of COVID. Like, we don't have enough details and information on COVID because it's, it's a fairly new uh, string of, of virus. So in the absence of information and in the absence of trusting the people who are delivering the information, let's all just agree as sports fans, if we wear masks almost everywhere we go, yes, we will avoid spreading a virus or at the very least, like the virus isn't as bad as we all thought, but we still played it safe in case it was. Therefore, we can go back to playing sports in stadiums safely sometime yes. in the summer or the fall. Yeah. And because we are selfish and because we can't figure out what we're doing as a country and we can't get on the same page, we we are on the verge, I think, of canceling all sports for the rest of the year. Like that's kind of what's been in my mind the last two weeks as I see these numbers go back up. And when the numbers go back up, whether whether it's going to kill you or not, when the numbers go back up, it means that businesses are going to shut back down. It means sports are going to be canceled. Uh-huh. That's what's going to happen. And so because we're selfish, we put ourselves in this position as sports fans and as a country. So, yes, that's point one. And, and that's true. The other thing, though, is and this is true of powerful people. Nobody wants responsibility. Right. And so so the National Football League right now, the last thing I read is saying you can have as many fans in your stadium as your state allows. Yeah. Okay, that's ridiculous. What one is I, I can say that as a team, if I'm the Vikings and, and I can't have fans for the my game against the Packers, I sure as hell don't want fans in Green Bay. Yeah. But second of all, just from uh how can we keep this disease as contained or or virus? as contained as possible. So let's just find a way, you know, let's try. We understand players are going to get it. We're going to quarantine them, but let's not, let's not basically say, you know what? Let's open up the doors. 
Let's be smart there. The other, the third problem that I've seen, and in our business, you have to do it, and it's fine, but in the real world of things, it's nonsense, is we have now become convinced that if you don't have a solid, solid take on something, you don't know what you're talking about. Which means if you're a doctor and you are dealing with a virus that you probably still don't completely comprehend, right? Like Fauci, he wavers constantly. But he does it because he really, he's just telling you what he knows that day or what he thinks. He still knows more than everybody else. He does, but we want him, but we want. Unless he's part of the Illuminati, in which case we're all. Well, which people are convinced of. But we want Fauci to have a hot take. We want him to come out and say, if you play the National Football League season, one million people will die. And I assure you of that. And then we would say, oh, okay, thanks, Anthony. Man, I get it now. But instead, we. He he is basically saying. I mean, he's not saying that they're going to die. But but he goes back and forth because he's he's trying to read the tea leaves as best as he possibly can with with more information than we have. But you know what we don't like? We don't like the fact that he can't pound a table and tell us this is what's going to ha- to happen. And because he can't, we sort of get frustrated and we just give up. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore sports talker of the week with Maggie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. All right, the Mount Rushmore the types of places you likely won't oh. step foot into personally in 2020, okay? So, like, the list of things that we could put on this are stadiums. Yeah. And this could also be interpreted one of two ways, because, like, everyone has their own comfort level and what they will step foot in. So let's just go right. us. us. The three of us are kind of on the same page in terms of, okay. like, we'll go to patios and stuff, but we're, we're not going to be the early adopters to, like, I'm not going to be the first one to walk into a stadium of 20,000 people. I'm going to let those 20,000 people figure it out first, and then I'm going to see what happens, yeah. and then I might go in after them, mm-hmm. right? So stadiums, mm-hmm. um, I would say, uh, I, like, I'm not going to get into someone else's car unless hmm. they've got a glass. Like, if it's an Uber or something, I want to make sure there's, like, a glass protector, or I, I would be very if cautious about going into somebody else's car. Still? If it's yeah, somebody it's you so, know, it's such close quarters. Like you got to have a mask. I'm not just going to get okay. in your car. That's fair. What if you sneeze? Like that's fair. I mean, in a bar- car with somebody. Literally, bars. Going to a bar and being at the bar, the actual bar, the actual bar itself, which I love to do, is completely out. I no way am I going to get. Am I going to be in close quarters with people who tend to get drunk? And guess what they do when they get drunk? They move closer to you. That's the first thing that comes to mind is the actual bar itself is something that I probably won't do again until sometime in 2021. Not January 1st either, by the way. I'll give you another one. Porta potties. Oh, oh well, that's... I didn't go in there. Pre-COVID. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah it's, it, was, it was mostly only an emergency pre-COVID. Now I'm, yeah. li- I'm literally peeing in the like in the like, street or oh, something. No, yes. I would pee in those things. No, no, without no, no, a no, no, really? No. no. Oh, I'd go for Dude. football games God, outside no. tailgating. You yeah, are describing no exactly why I wouldn't go in there because it's outside of a gopher tailgate. And think about this for a second, okay? I don't know. I, what, what you're saying, I don't know but... enough about how COVID spreads because, like, oh, it spreads. Things. It can spread that way. All right. So, so let's say you go into a porta potty, and there's just like a heaping mountain of someone else's doo doo, yeah. right? And you know, like how the you can kind of feel the steam coming <laughs> yeah, out of. I'm not gonna eat lunch now. You can feel the steam coming out of the, you know, the hole. Really? How do you know there's not COVID particles on that steam? You don't. That's why you don't we go in. We talked about that last That's my week. Point. It, it comes from it and woo, all over. Here's one that I would not go into either. Yep. And I love these pre-COVID. 
I'm not going into a sauna. Zero chance I'm stepping into I've a never. sauna and sweating with someone else who is sweating profusely. Yeah, because all of the sweat particles would You're be in the air, in. right? You're that was, you know what, Declan? That yeah. was never a Judd problem before COVID, so it's not going to be a I'll, problem after COVID. I'll tell you what. You you bring in a Gatorade and you're a little hungover. You go into a sauna, sweat that baby out. Okay. I've been there. I'm, it with, works. I'm with Declan. We okay. used to have a sauna at the old place we lived at. The last of the last two places we lived at had saunas. It was great. Really? Yeah. Just go up in there. Okay. Or Get if you're out, just a little baby. bit stressed out, you know, you just need to yeah need to 100%. decompress. Okay. So bars, saunas, porta potties for sure. I mean, that's, that I'm fine with that uh, for sure. I yeah. also put down the city of St. Cloud, but that was just a me <laughs> thing. I think. No red just carpet. Don't trust any. Yeah, uh, uh, I got my four and a half years in there, and I'm like, yep, good, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah, that's not a COVID nineteen thing. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, that's that's probably fair. Even even hockey locker rooms. Like, if I'm going to rank all the locker rooms, Actually, I know we're locker not going rooms, in. Period. Just locker rooms. Okay. Don't worry, you won't be allowed yeah. for a long time. Blech. They'll stop you. Yeah, I had uh, before you have stopped yourself. Somebody, somebody with the twins. I was texting back and forth with somebody with the twins a few days ago, or actually, it was, what day is today? Thursday. It was like Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And the locker room thing came up because, like, and now it sounds like showers aren't going to be allowed after games. But, mm-hmm. like, some players are even kind of balking at that. Like, well, wait a second. What if I live 40 minutes away from the are stadium? Are they not going to, to allow to, players like, to shower? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, that's I didn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They just don't want they don't want players sharing that, like, community space. But so think about this. You get done playing a baseball game in 90-degree mm-hmm. heat. You've had your uniform on for five hours. Yeah. You've sweated through everything. So what do you do? Put some sweat, put some shorts on and drive home? I guess you put some, yeah, some dry stuff on and hop in your truck or something. Yeah. Or do you just go full uniform? You hop in the full uniform and you, just, you get pulled over oh, in your God. full uniform? There's nothing worse than <laughs> driving home buddies after baseball practice smelling like God knows I, I would what. say hockey practice hockey too. might be worse. Hockey was worse. Because all those pads are Wait, wild. wait, wait. Oh. So... M- <laughs> Mitch Garver could catch a, a game in August at Target oh, Field when it's cannot like... shower at the stadium. Yeah, oh, that's right. my. Oh. oh, see if I'm Mitch Garver. Opt out. It's so gross. Opt out. Not playing. So gross. See so in, bad. See you in 2021. I think it, we a pretty good list here, though. So stadiums. You know what, though? All right. Let's say they said, all right, 5,000 fans can come into a 60,000 seat stadium mm-hmm. and spread out. Mm-hmm. Would you guys go in? Yes. To the stands or the press box? The press box, I well, will. Saw, the stands. The stand, no, stands. No, hell no. No, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not getting near people. I'm down. No, no, no. Because if there's alcohol served, people, anywhere the people are going to get drunk and they might be in proximity to you, when they get drunk, they're going to forget all about these rules and who's yeah. going to enforce them. And here's the problem, so, no, though, because I know that there's people listening who are saying, you guys, you're not 70 years old. If Even if you get it, you're going to be fine. That's the point. That's what I'm talking about. That's why we aren't opening up things that other countries are opening up because we only think, well, I'm not, I'm not going to die from it. Right. But like, well, I was you gonna die. your dad might, <laughs> but your young, neighbor might, but younger people give it to them. are contracting it now. And, and unless now, if you consider stories of, of, about this virus to be fake news, I guess I can't help you here, but there have been stories about the fact that one, this can long-term impact your lungs. So you you think you're fine and you're not fine. And the second thing that scares you, and this is where it's not the flu, the second thing is, I think it was a Washington Post story a few months ago about the number of young people having basically strokes because your blood thickens, okay? Like, you might be fine, but here's what I'd prefer not to do unnecessarily. Roll the dice. Like, what's the point? Go back to normal. Oh, thanks. I just freaking stroked out. And now I, I can't walk anymore. Yeah, thanks, seems- thanks, Jethro, for that advice. And enjoy your bleeping place outside the metropolitan area. This is one of those deals where, like, the we are so obsessed with 
well, you can't tell us what to do. This is America, right? We're, this is a free country. And they're like, agreed. That's like one of the beautiful things about this country is you can pretty much do whatever you want. Just don't yeah. just don't break certain laws, right? Um, but I think what we're losing sight of here is the downside, ver- like the, the downside of wearing a mask versus the downside of not wearing a mask. Right. And it's so drastically different. The downside of wearing a mask is, Oh, you look like a bit of an idiot, maybe, like in your own eye. You're a little bit insecure about what it looks like, and it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's not comfortable. And your top lip sweats when you have it on for too long. Like, that's the down, like, that's literally the down, the downside of wearing a mask is, oh, my, uh, my beard's a little sweaty because I've had it on for an hour walking around Menards or something, which, by the way, walking around Menards. Highly underrated. I love Menards. Oh my god, Menards is great. You you have turned into an older person. I, I know. Can't, I can't it's stand it. I am. I am it's all of it's your right dads. It's because it's right by you. <laughs> it's because right you know. the, they've got Home the, a, a big too. candy section. It's amazing. Menards and Joanne Fabrics are the first two Mount Rushmores <laughs> of stores I will never go into. <laughs> really? Yes, I can't stand. Those were like I mean, the not worst me, spots but... as a kid when your mom or dad had to drag you. Like you were going to get something good, but the problem or the prize was then you had to go to Menards and or Joanne Fabrics. No, 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 no. Menards. Great song. I'll say big money. Say big you say big money. You say big that's money. Yes. That's a great. I love that tune. Correct. Um, but catchy. but uh, but like other than that, there really is no downside. So, anyways, uh, I think we got our Mount Rushmore. It's porta potties. It's mostly stadiums. It's uh, it's saunas, and it's either bars or locker rooms. You can flip a coin on those two. Yeah. We're going to get to so a couple more things throughout the rest of the show. Dan Hayes, who covers the Twins for the Athletic, we're going to bring him back on front of the show. And Declan has an alternate reality for us. Oh yeah, regarding got notes the Minnesota Twins from twelve years ago. Got notes. Uh, but I can tell you, one of the safe places to be, even though I wouldn't get into like somebody else's unkept car, I'll tell you, <laughs> Luther Brookdale Toyota is making it easy for you to test drive because they are cleaning out cars, they are driving them safely to you, and then you can just get the car. You don't have to go in. They are handling all of the safety work for you. Uh, Also, right now, because the summer months are upon us, you can get 0% interest with this summer special for 60 months on all certified pre-owned Camrys and RAV4s. Also, all hybrids now have 0% financing as well, so you can save money, you can save gas with a Toyota hybrid. And also, it's the best service department in the Twin Cities, from my experience. Just people who know what they're doing up and down 30 different workstations and uh, just a bunch of friendly, friendly uh, service workers. When you walk in, you'll feel like family. That's how they treat you. That's how they've treated me and my family for 30-plus years. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and online at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. All right, Mackie and Judd. And uh, Dan Hayes, friend of the show from The Athletic, covers the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, Dan, we basically spent the last two months just bitching about Rob Manfred and this back and forth, how to divvy up a $10 billion chunk of pie. And so now that they have at least come to – a 60-game forced agreement, what is your level of optimism that the league and the players and then the Twins specifically are going to be able to navigate all of this without major COVID outbreaks that just derail it anyways? Oh, yeah. I, that that part is the part that I want to shut off in my, the back of my mind. Yeah. It's like, hey, this is great. Baseball's back, right? And And we all want sports and we want, you know, to have something on the TV that's different and not, you know, Netflix or Hulu or, you know, it's just, it's that point after three and a half months where you want something a little different. Uh, but you just can't forget about that reality. And you see COVID exploding everywhere right now. I mean, fortunately, the Midwest, we, we've done a pretty good job with this. And um, you see the numbers have, have really 
gone, you know, in a good direction for us. And, and, you know, a month and a half ago, we were all really, it was terrible. And, and now you're seeing that in other states. And, and so it's tough to see that going on in other states and not think that it's going to affect baseball in some way, shape or form. And, and so it's awesome to have this idea that and of hope and baseball, but the reality is it's still here and, and we're going to have to be extremely careful. Um, you know, everybody involved in, including the reporters and, you know, the, the team staff members and, and the coaching staff and the players, there's just so many people involved and, and baseball is doing its best to navigate this, but it's extremely tricky. And there's a lot of skepticism from, Everyone I talked to, and you know, probably only talked to four or five people yesterday. It doesn't matter when you have, when you talk to four or five people, and they all express the same thing. Yep. It's on everyone's mind, and so it's tough to be Debbie Downer and, and point this out, but uh, it, it's real, and and it's going to be a significant hurdle as we go forward here. So, Dan, what's your faith in players? Because we're talking about a majority of guys in their twenties, you know, who go out for dinners, who go out to bars. And, and, you know, when you get older, you could put things in perspective and probably stay patient. But what's your faith that, um, that players are going to be able to and adhere to the rules of you shouldn't go out, you shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that? Because my primary concern is actually not players getting sick. They will, and I think they'll be fine. My primary concern is players sharing it with uh, coaches and support staff who who are not as young. And God forbid, that's where I fear a death could occur. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, I think that it's really going to be up to the team leadership of players and then really sit down with guys and, and stress it. Now, I mean, the one good part as far as that goes is every, I, I would think that most guys are smart enough to realize this isn't a joke. I mean, baseball wouldn't have sat it out for, you know, it's it's 15 weeks as of today since baseball shut down. And, and it's going to be uh, close to, or you know, four and a half months by the time an, a game is scheduled to be played. So you, you know that at least guys realize, hey, this really is real. But I, I think it's still going to be incumbent upon teams to enforce it with each other and, and ensure that guys just realize it. I mean, look, we're not talking about, you know, a full baseball season worth of going home and being good. We're talking about 60 games. And, and honestly, it's not like going out at this point is, is great. I mean, everybody, you know, I still, at this point, I've walked by restaurants with patios. I have not gone to one. I've, I've taken out food and, you know, I want to, and, and the, like you were saying, Judd, the, the perspective is there. Um, because I'm older, but you know, it's not like it's it's these wild scenes going on at bars and, and restaurants that that uh, make it enticing to me. So hopefully, all that kicks in and guys are responsible because it, it is concerning and and it could easily infect. You know, you think of a bunch of people who are behind the scenes that nobody really knows, or they've seen the names in papers and and uh, in in stories and stuff like that, but they don't know them. But those are the targets. Those are the people who will end up getting it. And it would be tragic. Dan, from a baseball perspective and a health perspective here, uh, in terms of like baseball injuries, where do you think stand with Rich Hill and Byron Buxton from what you can tell? Uh, Byron Buxton is, uh, has been good to go for a while. And the twins were um, encouraged by what they saw from him in spring training. He was on the verge of getting back on the field. 
right before the shutdown uh, happened. I think it was going to be like March 15th he was coming back. And, and so he would have been maybe rushed in getting ready for the season in 11 days. But I think they were pretty confident he would have been around um, at full strength, if not that first day, within the first five or six days of the season, something along that line. Um, in fact, with him, the bigger deal right now is his wife is due, and I believe that if she is not uh, has not given birth, they're going to induce on Tuesday, and he's scheduled to leave for the Twin Cities on Wednesday. Um, so I think that's the bigger thing going on with him at this point. Rich Hill, they've been encouraged. Uh, but they haven't had their hands on him in a couple months, and it was a tricky surgery. The the really good, fortunate part for them is with these expanded staffs early on, and maybe you only want Rich Hill to be like a four-inning guy and, and come out and be effective. And I think that maybe he is one of the bigger beneficiaries of this, this shortened schedule because I think you know you can, can play around with the, the staff, and maybe you, you tandem pitch him a lot this year and, and bring somebody else in behind him um, and just let him be effective for three, four innings and, and try to get the best out of him. If you have that, you have a really a pitcher when they're healthy who pitched at an elite level the last four or five years um, when he could stay on the field. So it's they're, they're encouraged, but I think they'll find out a lot more with him by the time they get their hands on him. Does, in your mind, a 60-game season help, hurt, or have no impact on the 2020 Minnesota Twins? I think it hurts. They they were built for the long run. This is a team full of depth, a great lineup throughout. I mean, that's still going to be the same. But you never know in a short season. And what if the offense has a, a rough couple weeks to start just as guys are getting warmed up? Um, the randomness, I think, hurts the Twins. Unless they expand the playoffs, you know, anything can happen in these 60 games. You know, to Look at the Washington Nationals. They would have been 27 and 33. I know everybody's brought them up over and over. Um they were 27 and 33 last uh, last year, and basically, you think about that, and they win the World Series, and and they did so um, convincing. They they had a great rotation. That was a, a convincing victory over uh, the the Astros. So I I think that you know you you think about the shortened schedule, it, it hurts a team that is so full of depth. But at the same time, the Twins are a good team, and that should matter uh, in the long run. It's just do they get off to a hot start? You know, how much does that impact things? And if we're talking traditional playoffs, if it is a wide open playoffs, if they if they still were to go back and add, and, and there have been some whispers about that, you know, then and the Twins get in. I think the Twins get in; they're a, a force to be reckoned with. And then the other factor here too, if you if you if you were to have played out a six month, one hundred sixty two game season, and you talk about a July thirty first trade deadline, like usual, the Twins had one of the deeper prospect pools to trade from, and I think they were probably willing to part with a Trevor Larnick or whoever that may be. And now it just, first of all, those prospects haven't played baseball in like a year by the time the trade deadline comes up, so it's hard to just like teams don't really know what they're getting. They, you know, they haven't seen these guys in a year, and it's it's harder to justify trading top prospects for a thirty day rental potentially, and the salary. Uh, pool might be coming down next year. If the twins have to cut from like 138 million to a hundred million, well, they're going to have to say goodbye to a Nelson Cruz or say goodbye to, to different veterans. And they're not going to be signing players in free agency. So they're going to need the Brent Rookers to step up and maybe play in their lineup next year, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing is that, I mean, potentially you never know what's going to be available to you uh, in the off season. If you were to keep your salary the way it is, I wonder how the, it's going to affect the Twins next year because 
you've seen them spend and be wa- wanting to spend to retain everybody right now. And I think that they realize this is the, a time to shine. And, and who knows how many guys get non-tendered, um, what free agents are suddenly available that you didn't know. So it, it is a wild west. And I don't know if you give up affordable talent at the deadline. It would have to be a slam dunk of a deal for me. Um, but you mentioned Trevor Larnick and, and if they are right about uh, Aaron Sabato, their first round pick, you know, they added a guy who is along the lines, polished college hitter. You know, they have Brent Rooker, they have Trevor Larnick, they have Alex Kirilov. So they have some, some bangers there um, really all within a year of the majors at this point. And you get Sabato who they they really like, they've loaded up in that area. So that would be an area that they would probably trade from. Um, but again, it, it, I, it is hard to justify, I think, in a 60-game season um, making a deal. But at the same time, these are things that all these teams would love to have to make a call on uh, one way or the other just because it means we're finally playing baseball again. And, you know, that that things have gone well as far as COVID. Um, but, again, it's – I don't know. I, I If somebody had me put money on it as to whether or not there was a 60-game season, I'm not sure that I would uh, – I'd probably put money on it not being completed just because of the the hoops and obstacles. Yeah, that's Dan Hayes from the Athletic. He covers the Minnesota Twins. We know you have to hop on a conference call with with Twins brass here. So thanks for shedding some light on various Twins items, and our our fingers will remain crossed for this baseball season. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's a good thing. All right, see you, Dan. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. All right, let's uh, let's reflect back here. Let's just jump right into. Let's real quick. Let's, is there anything that you want to react to off that? Like, that was awesome. It was very informational. I think the fact that, uh, like the rich, the Rich Hill four inning idea is a great one. Yeah. If you don't think he can give you seven or eight because he's just not stretched out, I think the healthy Twins, I, at, at least the outset of this uh, sixty game season, I think that uh, Baldelli and the gang are going to be as cautious, and and there there is going to be or will be a few teams like this. They're going to be as cautious as possible. I would not be surprised if you see a couple of pitchers at least handcuffed to guys mm-hmm. because nobody cares if you pitch five now. Oh, he got the win, right? Yeah. Uh, so so why? G- give me four. Re- just I mean, pitch four if amazing If Jose Barrios can come out and pitch, you know, four his first two, two starts, b- mm-hmm. because the one thing is the ramp-up time here, if you go back to a traditional spring training, Phil, the ramp-up time for pitchers here is not going to be as as um, long and sufficient yeah. as normal. There is no reason to risk anybody's health for 2021 for the sake of this. There's just not. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And I, I think teams with deeper bullpens and teams with, with stashes of guys, especially now with the three batter, the three batter minimum is in play too. So you just, you have to have guys who can go a little bit longer than some of the specialized relievers sure. we've seen in years past. So many significant sporting events in Minnesota's history. Some have made us ask the question, what if? Like, what if Stefan Marbury hadn't left the Wolves? What if Gary Anderson had made that kick? Do you think Gary Anderson will make this field goal? The answer should probably be yes. 39 yards away. He is still perfect. Minnesota leads by 10. What if there is no Minneapolis miracle? Gannon steps into it. Passes up for grabs and picked off by Marcus Williams. Ah, yes. It's time to ask what if in Mackie, Judd, and Rami's alternate reality. Unbelievable! Vikings win the Super Bowl! 
All right, Declan, the floor is yours for an alternate reality here. All right, I, I was kicking around this idea. I've, I've thought about this for years past before, but what if the 2008 Twins win game 163 and not the 2009 team that won game 163 against the Tigers? Dude, I love this. This is great. Okay. Go ahead. All right, so let, let's just break down great. nuts and bolts of 2008 versus 2009. Okay? I know where you're going with this, and this is great. Okay. So 2008, the offense for the Twins was fourth. They were they had 829 runs scored. Team ERA was 13th, 4.16. Above league, league average. The league average is 4.32. So you had an above average pitching staff. And your bullpen was solid. You had guys like Joe Nathan, uh, Dennis Reyes, Jesse Crane was still pretty solid. You had a pretty good bullpen. Now the 2009 team, offense close, fifth in runs scored, 817. Team ERA a bit down. Not as good of a pitching staff, 4.69 when league average was 4.6. So you had, you had basically a, a slightly below average pitching staff. Now, the 2008 Twins were actually pretty solid throughout the whole course of the season. When they entered September, the 2008 team was actually 77 and 60. There were 16, 17 games above 500 heading into the final month of the season. 2009, they were one game above 500. They went on a ridiculous tear. I think they won... Uh, My notes have you like 17 of 22 games from September into October because the season was a bit longer there. Oh, wait, was an election year, so they tried to try to smash things closely. But in 2008, I think the most important caveat was you had both Maurer and Morneau healthy in September and October. Yes. And if you remember, Justin Morneau finishes second in MVP. Maurer finishes fourth. If the Twins win game 163, I'm under the belief he gets his second MVP over Dustin Pedroia. It'd be close. It's not unanimous by any means. But I think if the Twins move on to the postseason and how much weight uh, voters like to carry with MVP and teams getting into the postseason, I think Morneau wins MVP over Dustin Pedroia. So you had two of the top four players in the heart of your lineup who were bashing and healthy, and there's only one instance where the Twins had both Maurer and Morneau healthy in a postseason, and that was 2006. So, all right, here is... I, I've, I've never thought about this ever until you brought this up this week. So this is this is really fun. Like this is this is what alternate reality was made for, baby, <laughs> to to make us think here. To me, the headline for the 2008 baseball season is: Look at who played in the World Series that yes. year. The yes. Tampa Bay Rays made it to the World Series, representing the American League that season. The Tampa Bay Rays made it to the World Series. And they were great. Don't get me wrong. Like that was that was the first year in their existence that they were worth any sort of uh, you know praise or anything. Uh, they had Scott Casimir and a young James Shields, and uh, they had traded for Matt Garza. I believe Delman Young was in the Twins lineup in two thousand eight. He, he was correct. But it was kind. It was it was a weaker pool of teams in the American League compared to previous years, and that the Yankees were down. That was one of those rare years where. Uh, where where the New York Yankees were like in transition. I think they won the World Series the next season. Correct. They missed the postseason in 2008. Yeah, they were an 89 win team. So the Yankees were kind of out of it. Uh, the White Sox were somewhat formidable, like, but they were kind of at the end of their run in, in Canerco, and they, you know they were an 89 win team. Yep. So envision, if you will, if the Twins win that game and they lost one to nothing because Jim Tomey hit a home run that still hasn't landed off Nick Blackburn to straightaway center field. I told you I didn't game. like him. It's ridiculous. If the Twins win that game, they don't have to deal with the Yankees in the postseason. They do have to deal with a 100-win Angels team and a really good Rays team, and the Red Sox were in the middle of multiple championships in that run. But it would have been one of the rare postseasons that the Twins had both peak healthy 
Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau, which they did. Morneau was out for the 09 playoff run. He was injured, did not play in September or the playoffs in 09. Mm-hmm. So the Twins won game, game 163 in 09 without Justin Morneau. 2010, Justin Morneau was concussed. So 2008 would have been like the last playoff run with Justin Morneau fully healthy. And their rotation, Nick Blackburn has become kind of a punchline in Twins history now. Just pitch to contact, yeah. right? The, the sinker, he's a little too strong today. The Maybe. sinker's not sinking like it should, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got to go run six miles and tire yourself out before you start so that sinker will drop a little bit more. But Nick Blackburn was a horse for a couple years. And 2008 was like peak Nick Blackburn. Mm -hmm. He was still pitch to contact guy, but he was just a really good 200 inning ground ball inducing machine at that time. Scott Baker was, was, was one of the more underrated starting pitchers in baseball. And I think... The most important thing is Francisco Liriano was coming off of Tommy John surgery. Yeah. He was really good at times down the stretch in 2008. He had some outing. He had a couple clunkers in September, but for sure. Like his his outings, Francisco Liriano from mid-August through the end of the year of 08, 7 innings no earned runs, 5 innings no earned runs, 6 innings one earned run, 7 innings one earned run, 7 innings two earned runs, 8 innings two earned runs. He had a clunker with two and two-thirds. Comes back, seven innings, one earned run. Like, boom, boom, boom. So imagine in 2008, Francisco Liriano coming into his own, jumping in as the number one or number two starter. Nick Blackburn was, like, Nick Blackburn held the White Sox to one run in game 163. Like, that rotation was underrated. Yes. And you get Peak Mauer and Morneau. I think there's a chance. Hold on a second, though. I think there's a chance. I I got a question. I'll stop you right there. Okay. Because, uh... The Sox went and played the Rays in the first round of the playoffs in a 2-3 matchup and lost in the first round, which is a best 3-5, three of 3-1. Three to one. How would that the, twin- the White Sox you're talking about. Yes, the White Sox. Mm-hmm. How would that Twins team have matched up against the Rays? Because, I'll because take, I'll the take Rays, them over the Yankees any year. Sure, but the, that Rays team was a pretty oh, good team. Good. Of course. But, so how, how would that matchup have gone? Because the Rays uh, beat the White Sox 3-1 to one in the first round and then in the second round, mm-hmm. which is the best 4-7. Uh, of seven, they beat Boston in seven before they played the well, Phillies and lost in if, five. If you go tail of the tape, okay, yep. the the Rays had names in their rotation that we recognize, but the Rays didn't have anyone in their rotation that you would say is like an ace starter at the Correct. time. Like James Shields was a good starter. Mm-hmm. Scott Casimir was a good starter. Mm-hmm. Walked a bunch of guys. Matt Garza was a good starter, but they had a bunch of number two and number three starters, just like the Twins did. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was the totality. And the Rays had a good bullpen, but so did the Twins. Troy Perce, old Troy Percival, was the Rays' closer. Joe Nathan in his prime was the Twins' closer. Yeah. So I think the Twins. I think the rotations kind of wash out. I think the bullpens, like the Twins, had a better closer in Joe Nathan. And then you start to look at the lineup. All right, who were like the three best hitters? The Twins had two MVPs in their lineup: Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau. Yeah. A batting champion, of you know, an MVP. The Rays had a young Evan Longoria who was very good, and Carlos Pena was a good hitter, but he wasn't Justin Morneau good. No, he just had so The Twins also had a better lineup up and down than that, the Tampa Bay Rays did. Yeah, that top top half of the lineup: Denard Span, two ninety four and eight nineteen OPS in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Alexi Casilla was actually really solid that year, hitting two ninety four. Those, I think, that offense can go to Tropicana and at the very least steal a game against James Shields. Or Scott Casimir, who started games one and two for Tampa Bay. I think the real question is if the Twins would have gotten through, because what would have happened is the Twins would have played the Rays, and then the Red Sox took care of the Angels. So yes. the Twins would have faced the Red Sox in the ALCS. And then the bigger question would have been 
the Phillies that won the World Series. That's a pretty good team. I think you probably go to the World Series and get beat by a Phillies team that has a ridiculous rotation. Yeah, they were really good. So that was, uh, that like the Phillies had, in that rotation that year, they had Cole Hamels in his prime. Um, Let me pull this up here. But they they also had Ryan Howard in his prime, who hit 48 home runs and 146 I mean, RBIs. Rollins, ridiculous. Rollins, Utley were also sick then, so like they they had a, they had a, probably the best team. Like that was a very, that 2008 Phillies team is unbelievable. Yeah, they had Cole Hamels. They had this is actually before they they went out and got Cliff Lee and yeah. Roy Halladay. So they, like they won the World Series with Cole Hamels, 45 year old Jamie Moyer. Yep. Brett Myers. Yep. Joe Blanton on that team too, maybe. Yeah, they're, they're Joe okay. Blanton. <laughs> Wow, their rotation was great at the top, but not fantastic. But this is like they, the they tricked out their rotation way more in the next couple of oh, years, yeah. and then and then fell short. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's a great. They, the, the Twins would have had a better chance in those playoffs than they so the, than they did in the subsequent. Playoffs. The key, the key though, actually is is not to flip the years. It's if Morneau stays healthy in two thousand nine, because you got shut out in, in eight, right? So if Morneau stays. What do you mean? Healthy like in, in two thousand yes. one sixty three. Yes, exactly. But if so if Justin stays healthy in, in two thousand nine and he doesn't go out, and now you win game one sixty three in two thousand nine against the Tigers at the Metrodome, and then go into the playoffs with him at first base, the dynamic is completely changed there too. It is, but you got so here the question is you got swept in two thousand nine. Now two thousand nine the twins did have Carl Pavano in their rotation. Mm-hmm. He was he was decent. Solid. But you didn't have yeah, you did. No, you did have Joe Nathan because he was injured for the 2010 season. Correct. I guess Nathan was there. Um, I th- the, the teams are pretty comparable. I guess it's. Do you but, know what I'd like to see? I'll take a playoffs without the Yankees. I'd though. like to yeah. see. I'd like to see an alternate reality where you win Game 163 against the Tigers, and you know what you do? You say, "Boys, our work is just starting. So put away the champagne, put away the partying time. It's not time to party. We got to go to New York and play." If you don't shoot your wad after that Tigers game, which they 1,000% did. Yeah, but they probably still lose the series, don't they? That, that 9 Yankees team was insanely good. No, I'm just saying. I, yeah. I'm saying if you've got Morneau and you actually just say, you know what, we won game 163, big deal. Now the playoffs start. I hear I you. Think you give, I think you give yourself way more of a chance to compete. I mean, didn't you have to start like Brian Dunsing, though, in game one of that series yeah. in, in 9 uh, you started Dunsing in Game Three of Ten for sure. Okay, uh, I don't know That's if Dunsing fine. started. I'm the game pretty sure he did. the 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 point is that 09 team basically was a 500 team until the final month of the season and just got ridiculously hot and played yes. one of the most memorable games of, of literally of our lifetimes. Where 2008, it was a pretty solid team for 90 percent of the season. September they slipped up a tiny bit, but I trusted them that they could actually go and do something in the postseason. Going to Tropicana, pretty easy. I really think that that would be a five-game ALDS, really, really fun series. Instead of having going to New York and throwing, yeah, Brian Dunsing in game yeah, one, when you, you, you have more solid pitching options to throw in, in game one of the ALDS in 08. Your question, if you're comparing, like, what was the better path, 08 versus 09? And then 2010's in the discussion, but, like, by then, you, Nathan was out with an injury yeah. and stuff. So 2008, 2009. 2008 was a Yankees list playoffs. So yeah. that's that's the thing number yeah, one. Your path is better. All right, but but you would have run into the Red Sox. The the 2008 Red Sox mm-hmm. also ridiculous. Kevin Euclid in his prime. David Ortiz still in his prime. Veritek still playing back then. Manny Ramirez was still in that lineup. Pedroia, I mean, yeah, D- Dustin Pedroia emerging in. 
Jason Veritek, J.D. Drew, just an on-base machine. Also, Jacoby Ellsbury emerged in 2008. How the hell did Tampa Bay beat them? Because baseball's weird in short series. What do you mean? Like, yeah. How Exa- that- exactly right. 2009, if you don't get drunk and you take it seriously, you give yourself a chance. I, just, I, I disagree. That sounds great. Let me read to you who the Yankees put on the field in 2009. Yeah. Okay. Jorge Posada. Yep. Probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Mark Teixeira, one of the best first basemen of his era. 39 bombs, 122 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Robinson Cano. Steroids are going to prevent him from being in the Hall of Fame, but like Hall of Fame caliber player, sure. especially then. He batted 320. Oh, I love, one I of the love best Robbie, players in baseball. Yeah, me too. Derek Jeter, Hall of Famer. Alex Rodriguez, Hall of Famer. Like in their prime. Johnny Damon, not going to get in the Hall of Fame, but one of the better all around players Great of hair. his generation. Fantastic hair. <laughs> Melky Cabrera was the weak link in this lineup. The weak link in this lineup still had, still batted 274 with 13 home runs, stole some bases, 28 right. doubles. All right. Okay. Nick Swisher, Fair enough, 30 no bombs. Hideki Matsui, although, 30 bombs. Brett Gardner emerging as a rookie. Although, although I will say this uh, for this franchise, uh, starting with the success that they experienced in 2002, I will say this. I don't think they beat Boston. I don't think they beat Boston because my problem is that that run of success became such a tendency to choke. It was really predictable. Yeah, the biggest issue with the Twins lineup in 2008 is they just like they were still the piranhas. Yeah. They only had two guys in that lineup with 20 plus home runs, Justin Morneau and Jason Kubel. They only had one other guy with double digit home runs, and that was Delman Young with 10. So they just like they were so station to station in 2008. Do you know the year that, that threw me and, and why I can't give that Twins team a pass um, on a deep playoff run was 2006? Yeah, that's that's the best Twins team I've ever well, seen. Well, you played the A's. It's the best Twins team yeah, I've ever seen. And you too. played the Bleepin' A's, and, the, and, and the Bleepin' A's weren't that good. But here's the thing the, the well, the, the A's were good because like no, they, they won 90 plus games. They were, they, but they weren't, but they weren't. They I was weren't the 2009 Yankees. Here's the thing, all right? In, in, in any individual season, any individual playoff series, it should be no surprise. Once you get, like, 90-win teams in the playoffs, it's never a surprise if Team A beats Team B in one year. The surprise is, how do you go to the playoffs that many Correct. times and not at least but, win a game? But if there's a poster child series for that team, it's the A's series. Because the franchise, if you had to pick one, I think, and say... Because that Twins team was damn good. The fact the fact that that series didn't even feel that competitive is what really threw me. You know what? If that sucker goes five games and is hardly hard fought and contested, and you just get flat out beat, damn! But but y'all played great. I'd be like, okay. But the fact that you had hey, wrote, just for fun here, yeah, two thousand six A's. All right, the team that swept the Twins, the best Twins team I've ever seen with my own two eyes, the two thousand six Twins. Yep. Can you guys name five players in the A's lineup from that season? Frank Thomas Frank was in Thomas. that lineup because he hit that bleeping ball early in the series. The uh, and by the way, if you have low testosterone, Frank Thomas, Frank Thomas is here to help guy. you. Yep. Is, was Eric Chavez still in the lineup? Eric Chavez was. Jermaine Dye? No, he was in Chicago. Was in Chicago. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll give you three wrong wait, guesses. Wait, wait, That's wait. one. Wait, Declan, stop. Slow down. <laughs> Eric Chavez was at third base, right? Oh, uh, Miguel Tejada at Tejada shortstop, right? No, he was no. in Baltimore. I'm not, no, I'm not down, talking Judd. to you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Declan. Oh, okay. Well, that's an incorrect answer. Yeah. You have one left. Now, I'll give you two. I'll give you guys two more incorrect answers. Oh, Nick Swisher. Nick Swisher was in that lineup. Yes, he was in that lineup. Oh, um, wait, wait, wait. I am talking to Declan, Phil, okay? okay? So this is not an answer that I'm throwing out there. Jason Giambi was there, right? No. He wasn't? 
No. God, no. He left for New York because the Moneyball team was without Giambi. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of outfielders who were there. <laughs> this oh, team God. swept the, the Twins the out of the Well, and this is my it's point. Still but, good, it's still a good team. But. So, wait, wait, wait. Actually, you know what? If you, get, if you guys want to name pitchers, too. I mean. Go ahead and name pitchers, too. Hudson. Uh, yeah, Hudson was still there. Uh-uh. What? Mark Mulder? Nope. Okay, I give up. I give up. But this is my point. 2006 Twins. Why would I think the 2008 Twins would beat the Red Sox if these guys couldn't beat the A's? You guys still have... Go ahead. I'll give you a couple more guesses. This is fun. This is great. You need their shortstop, second baseman, first baseman, catcher... You're missing uh, at least a couple you know of scary? outfielders. I can name the 79 A's with, with no problem, but I can't name the 2006 A's. You, well, one of the starters is obvious. There's one of the guys that you... Barry Zito. Barry Zito was in there. Barry Zito. So, can you guys name one more person from the lineup <laughs> and one more them. pitcher? Um, Outfielder. Who would be... <laughs> who isn't right? I know. Right or center? Left, I, go, I don't remember. These are all names that you definitely do recognize. They're, none right. of these are like non-obvious names. They're all very much like, oh, yeah, that guy names. One of them, well. I don't know. All right. I give up. All right, here, here's their lineup. Jason Kendall was their catcher. I wouldn't have got that. Dan Johnson, Bloomington's own, or yeah. Blaine's own. Wouldn't, okay, two. wouldn't have got that. Wouldn't have gotten that. Mark Ellis was their second base. Feel good okay. about that. Wouldn't have got that. Okay. Bobby Crosby was their no, shortstop. wouldn't have got that. Yep, Eric Chavez, Nick Swisher, Mark Kotze was their center fielder. Oh my, yeah, okay, that never, that never I have gotten it. That I might have gotten. Milton Bradley was their right fielder. No, no, played for Bradley. too many teams. Who was their other starting pitchers in that series? Other that's outside of Zito. I just have their starting pitchers for the season, which is, it. it's okay. Dan Heron, Dan Heron, Joe Blanton, we got that. Esteban Loiza. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. The other ones who made starts were Kirk Sarlus, Rich Harden made nine starts for the A's yep. that season. Yep. Congratulations to Rich. Oh, and uh, okay. Uh, Brad Halsey made seven. You just made my days. point, though. I don't care what you say about baseball being fluky. You shouldn't get swept by that team when you have an outstanding team. Frank Thomas is a thirty-eight-year-old. Yeah, he was unreal. thirty-nine bombs, one hundred fourteen. Didn't, didn't Frank Thomas talk to the Twins about playing here at one point? I think afterwards. I think going into 07 when he then he went you, and Toronto, for Toronto, right? Yeah, damn near killed me with, with foul ball at spring training. Boy, Frank Thomas, man. Whenever he's in the hit, gym, all the ladies, right all the ladies want to know. He's gonna like it you, too. Yeah. There's some, <laughs> my favorite part of that. Oh, there's some, like it, there's some Frank, like it there's too. some Frank Thomas stories. <laughs> there are some Frank Thomas stories. Tomorrow on the show, action movie rewind, Independence Day. It's that time of year. Fourth of July is coming up. Hi, are you guys ready for this? I, well, I'm already. I'm, I'm excited. My notes are done. Let's do it. This is this is uh, probably like top three most excited I've been to review action movie rewind. All right, it's gonna be. It's a fun review. There's a lot happening I'm, in this movie. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not going to downgrade this thing, no. Very few holes to poke in this movie. Oh, no, there's holes. <laughs> oh, there's holes. 1996, full of holes. Uh, so uh, check us out every Friday with Action Movie Rewind. Thank you for hanging out with us here on today's episode of Mackie and Judd.